everybody, and welcome to the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host, joined by, of course, Joe Henderson. And welcome back to Tom Jackson. Tom has been out of the country. He's been in Alabama, and um, he's back now. And I uh, hope you had a good time, Tom. Oddly, it turns out they don't check your passport when you go out of the Florida panhandle into Alabama. But I, I think you're still in the same country anyway when you go from the panhandle into Alabama. But I'm glad to be back. It it's was good a, to it have was you back. The, the, uh, I highly recommend the Robert Trent Jones Trail to anybody who's, who is even uh, remotely a golfer. It's a, it's a fine, fine experience. Uh, and I am, I am better for having uh, gone through it. If I may and ask, how, what is... how'd you hit them? How'd you hit them, Tom? <laughs> With a club. Frequently, frequently, <laughs> fellows. I hit them frequently. What is the you know, Robert it's, it's Trent like... Jones? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to upcut you. Well, it's it's like the the late Arnold Palmer's father taught him to play, and the and Palmer's father was a uh, was a pro, and uh, he taught little he, he told little Arnold hit it as hard as you can, mm-hmm. find it, and hit it as hard as you can again. I think young Arnold must have hit it a little bit straighter than I did because uh, when I hit it as hard as I can, there's no finding it. Uh, there's there's okay. much there's much brush and uh, and water around the courses. You know, it uh, was a Robert dark Jones. day when they put trees and water on golf courses. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, but you're in I Florida. Agree. That's all you got. I mean, you. you you don't have golf if you don't have trees and water you don't have golf courses in florida well you well can have bunkers no, you i'm can just have saying bunkers. it's not like you have it's not like you have to deal with hills and all that other stuff well not some places that's you do. true uh, yep. not there very often you do. but that's true yep. that's, that's true uh, I think we've got. What are far we doing? Taking... Sorry about this. Yeah, uh, what are we welcome doing? To taking golf... our audience. Welcome, to... welcome to golf talk, everyone. I hope that you're enjoying this conversation <laughs> and that. Uh, I think we may have know... to. We may have to whisper the rest of the time. The that's right. We time. have to. We're holding up the quiet signs. Um, that's, that's right. And and after this past week, you know who knows. But uh, a lot going on in Florida politics this week. Uh, you had a big time debate between uh, you know. The, on the Senate side, Marco Rubio seems to be uh, finding his groove again and, and getting back on uh, back on point. So, uh, debate last night. How'd it go, guys? Who won? How? To, um, and uh, is this going to be a close race or or not so much? Well, let me say uh, this about that. Yeah. Um, everything I need to know about the debate last night, I learned from reading Joe Henderson's uh, review in, uh, on NewstalkFlorida.com. It was, it was precise. It was concise. It was informative. It, it, it was exactly right. Joe, what's the conclusion? Uh, Marco's going to win. <laughs> why? That's the conclusion. Why, why, well, is, why is he going to win? What, he's what, going did, to he win. Sneak, what, what did he sneak he, past Patrick Murphy last night? He... Um, he torpedoed young Patrick's uh, ambitions, I believe, with um, a rather surprising admission kind of late in the debate uh, that uh, really caught everybody by surprise, where he said, uh, you know, the, one of the arguments against Murphy or against um, Marco, I mean, has been that he wouldn't commit to serving a full term uh, if he were reelected, that he would do like he did this year and run off and try to be president. 
uh, last night in the debate, Marco Rubio said, I will be a senator in Florida for six years if I am elected. God, and, God willing. God willing. And then he was asked, now, does that mean you're not running for president? Uh, to emphasize the point, it was, a, it was a legitimate question. And Marco Rubio again said, I will be the senator from Florida for Florida for six years, God willing. So uh, kind of a bombshell uh, as these things go. Uh, the, uh, not only do I think that that helped sew up the election for Rubio, because that was maybe Patrick Murphy's best way to attack him uh, on an issue going forward. But it also, uh, if if Marco sticks by his word, um, would uh, would narrow the field for the uh, Republicans at, at the next go round when they presumably will nominate a sane candidate for president. You know, I have a follow up. Did he mean six consecutive years or was it just six years? <laughs> well, it, you know, we do have and I know Tom. Uh, his bromance with with Marco uh, knows no bounds, but we do have to be at least a little skeptical of uh, of even uh, this uh, direct an, um, a promise from Marco because he also said he wasn't going to run for reelection to uh, the U.S. Senate, and here we are. So, uh, but we have him on tape, we have him on video. His words were moving. Uh, the words or his lips. Excuse me, the words were coming out of his mouth six years, and that would preclude a presidential run four years from now. So there you go. I think he's going to win. Okay. And I, I, but I, I, having said that, I think we also need to point out, it's prudent for us to point out that every politician, everything any politician says comes with an expiration date. And, the, and they were all, and, and they're all always about that was then, this is now. Still, I am willing. I am willing to take Marco at his word that he has learned a little something about the perils of being a young man in a hurry, and that people have gotten to him and said, "Look, you do this for 12 years, and after that second 12 years, uh, if there's a Republican in the White House, and there very, very well may be, um, because the I mean, it, it's, it's tough enough." For a single party to win the, the the presidency three times in a row, let alone four. I mean, a year before the election campaign began in uh, in 1992, George W. George H. W. Bush was untouchable, but things reversed on him in a hurry, and the GOP, which looks like it was going to sail to a fourth consecutive term, got its head handed to it in 1992. Because Bill Clinton stepped up um, when others more prominent in the party backed away, so I'm thinking there's there's, I mean maybe karma happened to Hillary Clinton in 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 2020, a Republican a sane as as Joe rightly points out a sane Republican wins, Marco finishes his second term doesn't run for re-election but instead winds up with a cabinet post. Um, in the second second half of uh, of Republican 2020 term, I mean that's that's one scenario that keeps his presidential ambitions intact uh, without 
without running out on this pledge that he's made about a six-year term. Tom, let me ask you a quick question. If rather than a, let's say 2020 comes about and, you know, pick a person, uh, I don't know, I mean, we'll go with Mike Pence. We'll just say Mike Pence. Let's say Mike Pence runs as the, let's, let's, this is assuming that Donald Trump doesn't win. Let's say in 2012, or 2020, I'm sorry, that Mike Pence it becomes the nominee. Would it not make more sense for uh, him to choose a Marco Rubio as a vice president, as opposed to having Rubio serve in a in a uh, cabinet position? Wouldn't that be uh, Wouldn't that be better suited for for a Rubio run? And that way, he could say, "Look, I've been drafted by so and so." You know, Mike Pence to be the nominee. Uh, I mean, you know, his uh, his vice presidential nominee. And and that would be kind of a, a a very easy way to to go back on this you know on the six year yeah. situation. Yeah, that's 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 a plausible scenario. I would say this about that, however, uh, a you never say never. Right. Um, B that would that would be two times that Marco had betrayed Florida voters, okay. and for for Pence. Uh, for Pence or any GOP nominee for president to win, they're probably going to have to have to carry Florida. And if you've got a two-time fibber on your ticket with you, with an idea of this is the guy to this is the right guy for the ticket, and, and you put Florida in jeopardy, I just I just somehow see that not happening. Okay. Um, and, you know, there, if, we're, if we're still if we're still doing this in four years, you can. You can replay this tape, and I'll say, "Yeah, I was wrong. I was totally wrong." Well, how about how about something nobody's thought of, and this this would be a ideally suited to a young man still in a hurry, but maybe willing to, you know, dial it down just a notch. Let's say Marco goes back to the Senate and begins to demonstrate that kind of dynamic leadership that Tom likes to tell us all that he has. Okay. Fair <laughs> you enough. are so Fair skeptical, enough. Joe. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, all right. all right. So to further his conservative chops, how about he winds up as Senate majority leader in 2020 if Republicans take back the Senate? And, you know, Mitch McConnell eases uh, – back to his old Kentucky home, and you've got a young, dynamic uh, face, r- ideally situated to uh, to take his shot at, at the Oval Office. Just a thought. That's an interesting thought. Has anybody, has anybody gone from Senate Majority Leader to the White House, though? I, I, you, no. You have, to, you, you have to run so many deals and make so many compromises – yeah. I, I I think that if you become Senate majority Senate majority leader, that's probably the, the top of your food chain. Yeah. And if you have any White House ambitions, that's not a job you want. Well, yeah. Except, has anybody ever gone from host of Celebrity Apprentice to the Republican nominee? Point, point <laughs> all well all bets are off. All bets are off. And, well, I guess we tear up the playbook and start all over because, frankly, no one has ever 
been the majority leader. Uh, I'm sorry, the Senate. Um, I'm sorry, the um, House of Representatives, Speaker of the House of Representatives, and and become president. Well, that I, that and I is it, when when's the last time somebody went from Secretary of State to president? Oh, that's we have to go all the way back to it's, you know the times of Jefferson and people yeah. like that. No, it's, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. The guy who preceded. The guy who preceded Lincoln, James Buchanan, who thought that he was going to be the last president oh, of the yeah. United States as it existed. He had been everything, including Secretary of State. Right. He was, at the time, thought to be the most qualified person ever to serve as That's president true. of the United States, and he was an abomination. Well, uh, you know, may in, all, in all fairness, he, uh, also <laughs> was, he also was the host of Celebrity Apprentice. So. Well. <laughs> Of the time, uh, of the time, that, that, that was a, it was not a it was not a television show, it wasn't even a radio show. It was Celebrity Apprentice, you know, the the newspaper. But nevertheless, they just uh, stood around the courtyard. Yeah, he stood around the courtyard, and he was and he would say, "You're fired." But okay. uh, anyway, uh, you're listening, of course, to the Politically Incorrect podcast and golf show uh, here on NewsTalkFlorida.com and Blog Talk Radio with uh, Joe Henderson and. The returning reigning champion of golf in our neck of the woods, Tom Jackson. Uh, all right, boys. How about down ballot race in Florida? We've already talked about the Senate races. How about the uh, the congressional seats? Anything? Any challenges coming down ballot in that regard? We just lost Joe. He'll be back soon. Tom, uh, what about the Charlie um, Chris race? The last poll that I saw, Charlie had like an 18-point lead among likely uh, uh, among likely voters, and he also is much more on the local airways in the Tampa Bay area than than David Jolly is. Uh, Jolly was never a real big fan of raising money, and I think that it's showing at this point that he doesn't have he doesn't have the money to compete in the in the race with. With Charlie Crisp, so um, I, I I think that I think Charlie Crisp will win that race, and I I like I, I am fascinated by Joe's scenario that in two years, in what could be a wave election for for Republicans, as off-year elections often are, um, that Republicans recruit a uh, a former mayor of St. Petersburg um, and take the seat away from Charlie and banish him to oblivion. Who would that be? That would be Rick Baker. And, there you go. Uh, and Rick Baker, um, uh, great reputation, very well liked in St. Petersburg, but he has had opportunities to step up to the plate before for the seat, including this year, and has chosen not to. Uh, so, but, uh, Fear not, Tom. Uh, probably Charlie will get bored with this job about halfway through his term, and he, you know, who knows if he'll even run again in two years. So that's well, kind of Charlie's track record. What What has Charlie never done? He has never run never. for re-election. That is true. He never, never has run for re-election. He's always gone after the next prize. He gets elected, and he starts looking at what's the next step up. Um, well, would, would the he, only would he look at another would he look at another Senate run? I mean, uh, Bill Nelson is is 
thought to be retiring soon? Is that or is, well, he, is he coming back for one more run? He he may come back for one more run. Um, a lot of it depends who shows up uh, on the Democratic bench uh, at that point. I I yeah. don't think I don't think Charlie um, would would be uh, would be accepted kindly by Florida Democrats uh, for, for a Senate run. I think, um, you know, there would be uh, kind of enormous pressure on him to, to shut up and stay in the house. Uh, not that, mm-hmm. not that pressures ever, uh, ever Stop bothered Charlie, but uh, there's something about one of those U uh, S house seats that is just, uh, when you get into a safe district like like it appears Charlie may be in, um, it, it's it's a sweet gig. Uh, you it's a pretty good life. Yeah. 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 And Charlie's, uh, you know, he's he's a vigorous man, but he's uh, he's been around a while, and mm-hmm. he's not going to run for governor again. That's out. Um, Senate would probably be uh, not an option for him. A bridge. So, a bridge too far. Yeah. So why not just uh, ride out your days, uh, draw a nice paycheck, and and have a have an easy ride, which I think uh, would be the smart option for Charlie. I was checking. The only thing left out there that um, there's an opening for is the Chancellor of the Exchequer, but I don't think that he uh, qualifies for that position. So <laughs> I guess right now Charlie's going to have to be happy that if he beats David Jolly, that he'll end up being a congressman. So we'll, we'll hope that he appreciates that. Guys, I'll tell you what. Here we are at the halfway point, and so let's step aside. And when we come back, we're going to talk about um, the possibility of voter fraud and uh, specifically rigged elections in one of the key states, the swing state of Florida, when we come back. On this, the Politically Incorrect Podcast, I'm Jim Williams, your host, with Joe Henderson and Tom Jackson on NewstalkFlorida.com and Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host from NewstalkFlorida.com. Joining me, of course, is Joe Henderson and Tom Jackson. And gentlemen, uh, we've heard quite a bit from the Republican nominee, Mr. Donald Trump, that this election could be rigged and that the, um, not by, now the most important thing, the distinction being not by the people who are running the election, more so by the, uh, the media and perhaps in a few places where um, I think he believe he said Philadelphia, Chicago, and um, St. Louis is some of the areas. Clearly, Florida has had its issues in the past with regard to uh, to voting, but not necessarily has it been voting fraud. It's been the ability to push a pin through a little hole to break a piece of paper and keep chads from hanging. But uh, Beyond that, um, how about it? Is Florida a reasonably safe bet that there's not going to be any hanky-panky going on down there? Well, Marco Rubio certainly thinks so. He, um, in the debate, he he made the point that uh, Florida's elections are run in 67 different counties. 
you know, you have the county supervisor of election. And he mocked, he mocked the notion that uh, 67 counties could collude to, uh, to rig an election as Donald Trump uh, has suggested. Look, this whole talk of rigged elections and all that, yes, Florida has a checkered history. Um, we all know what happened uh, in uh, Bush Gore. And um, what was interesting about that, though, was the way when, you know, when it was over and all the chads had stopped hanging and the Supreme Court ruled as it did and, and the, you know, George W. Bush's election was validated. Al Gore was pretty gracious then, if you go back and remember, and he's uh, and you go all the way back to Richard Nixon when he probably had a legitimate argument about uh, corruption in Chicago, quite possibly costing him the election against John Kennedy. And uh, but he chose not to pursue legal action because he said it would be bad for the country. And Donald Trump seems to uh, not. Uh, be cut from that same cloth. He doesn't, he, he is stirring up absolute gibberish out there. And unfortunately, his most fervent supporters are buying it. And so when Donald Trump sends out his tweet on election night that uh, says uh, crooked Hillary stole the election, uh, you know, he needs to take responsibility then for whatever might happen, because I don't think it's going to be very pretty. Tom? Um, wouldn't refute any of, of what you've just said. And, and it's it's pretty I, – I, the, the talk about a rigged election needs to be bifurcated between what's going on in the media right now, which is, which is truly a scandal, and what's going on in each and every precinct and county across the country? Um, now, I, in the state in the state of Florida, um, I, I've gotten to know the uh, the supervisor of elections in Pasco County, which is a, a big slab of real estate that sits on top of of Hillsborough and Pinellas. And um, uh, Brian Corley is respected enough among his peers. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> that he has served as their association president uh, just recently. Um, and, and Brian assures me that they do everything, they, that all the supervisors of elections in, in Florida do all they can to make sure that Florida elections are legitimate. And they look into every claim of, of, of voter fraud. Um, but, but, the, but he also reminds people of, of this story that got people, got, got Floridians fired up um, about three or four years ago, uh, supervisor of elections in uh, in uh, the county of uh, Fort Myers. What, what Fort? What is Fort Myers County? Um, I forgot. Is that Desoto? Oh. At any rate, it um, doesn't matter. We we'll, we can look it up. Thank you. Thank you. Um, he's he is summoned for jury duty, and he shows up. And um, there's as as you all probably know. Anymore in Florida, um, jury pools are taken from uh, voter registration pools, and an announcement is made that, and, and so there's all these three or four hundred people there for for jury duty, and an announcement is made that if you are not a citizen of the United States, 
you cannot serve on this jury. Well, if you're a, if you're not a citizen of the United States, you can't legally register for, to, to vote either. And this SOE uh, reported that at least 20, 25 people got up and left when that announcement was made. And he said, wait a minute, that, there's something wrong here. I've got people in my county who are registered to vote who know that, that they're not citizens. So um, an investigation, uh, a, a request for an investigation by the Supervisors of Elections uh, Association went up to Tallahassee, and it was it was delayed and pushed off and not handled very well. And they didn't really get around to, to looking into it until it was almost time for book closing before I think the uh, the 2012 election. Um, so there there's a reason that that some people think that voter fraud is is at least possible. Um, I I don't think that it's rampant. I think that that Florida laws with having to show an ID um, and, and and pretty tight uh, uh, trolling of the uh, of the voter registration logs pretty much prevents most potential abuse in Florida. I think Florida is going to going to run an honest election. Um, but as far as the other half of of this rigging of the election where um, where journalists have been encouraged just to out and out cover Trump as an adversary and have and it's been demonstrated that the Clinton campaign has many reporters uh, at, at the Times and at the Associated Press and, and on and on that they consider friendlies and can feed stories to that that part yeah I mean you can you could make an argument on that front that there's some rigging going on. But as far as how people are going to vote and whether their votes are going to count and whether there's going to be ballot box stuffing, I don't think that's going to happen in Florida. I Tom, I have a question um, here on the Politically Incorrect podcast. And we'll get to the other part that you just said, which I think is, is certainly worth uh, exploring, and that's the media part. But the one area that concerns me, uh, not just in the state of Florida, but nationwide is this thought of of um of supporters who are going to come to the polling places and make sure that everything is done properly um i know that you know speaking of course of of your um of your friend there who's in charge of uh of the board of elections in pasco county uh mm-hmm. obviously they designate, you know, poll watchers and people who are there yeah. to make sure everything mm-hmm. is on the up and up. Uh, what's both you and Joe, your thoughts about these, quote, basically freelance people who are just going to show up and uh, and monitor to make sure, quote unquote, the wrong people don't vote? Well, well you know, in, in, in Philly in 2012, or was it 2008, uh, the new Black Panther Party um, the new Black Panther Party showed up with rather nasty-looking objects in their hands to make sh- and, and scowling at people they didn't think ought to be voting in their precinct. Um, and I guess that was 08. And the George W. Bush administration had a had a had the perpetrators dead to rights, uh, and the Obama administration dismissed the charges and stopped the investigation. Um, I I. 
I'm not that's, suggesting that's, it's right. I'm just that's, asking. That's, no, no, no. I, I, yeah, I'm saying that's you know that's the sort of precedent that's been set. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I would worry that the same thing uh, might raise its head this time around, especially when the nominee himself is saying, "Get out there, keep an eye on things," uh, because we these are not the, the the people who support Donald Trump are and are hardcore about it are not the same. And I, I, I think they were sedate, polite, agreeable people who led the Tea Party movement and have largely been shunted to the side. Uh, these are not those people. These are people who are, are who are largely alt-right, a small percentage of, of the Republican Party, but I think they're stirring for a fight. Um, I, I, I think that sheriffs and police uh, police. Um, superintendents are going to have to be on high alert um, on election day and during early voting. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about that, Tom. And uh, here's here's the potential for real problems in Florida. We are a melting pot. We got people from everywhere, and you know it's one of the things I like about this state uh, is is that there's this great wonderful mix of people here and yet trump's supporters the the hardcore ones uh and you know who i'm talking about are being groomed if you will to intimidate anybody who doesn't look like them and that's all probably a, a fair number of people in florida so if a person um uh, a, a Hispanic person shows up at a poll. Is he going to have some Trumpy in his face going, you know, how do I know that you're legal? Or or the same goes with a Muslim or, you know, on down the line. Uh, what are we going to see on that? I don't think it'll be necessarily as widespread as as we might fear. But on the other hand, it, you know, in a close election in a swing state, um, you know, it could have an impact. And especially uh, since one thing we have to concede is that the uh, Trump campaign knows how to use social media. So if they start tweeting out at, at uh, 7 o'clock, 7 a.m. on Election Day, hey, there's voter fraud going on and name a name a place. Lee and County, the, the home of Fort Myers. There you go. Uh, Lee County, thank you very much. Yeah, just trying to just and, trying to ease that in for you there, Tommy. Well, we and and, and you win the set of you win the set of steak knives for that, uh, Jim. Thank you very much. But, um, but you know, once once those images start going out, you know what social media is like. All of a sudden, it's going to be the nationwide, uh, you know, highway robbery going on here, and um, the the possibility of violence is pretty high, um, and so. Never, never thought I would see it degenerate to this point, but uh, this this candidate that that the Republicans have chosen is unlike anything we've ever seen, and I don't think uh, we can dismiss the possibility of anything uh, as we head to the finish line. Okay, Tom, back to your topic, and I, you know, it does it does scare me that um, that there might be violence. On election day, of all things, when you want people to run out and vote, and it could suppress the vote, which may very well be the reason that they're attempting it. But 
anyway, um, I think there's some legitimacy uh, on the argument that uh, that Trump isn't necessarily getting the same fairness in his coverage as is um, Secretary Clinton in in a na- in you know in the national um, in the okay. national uh, uh, media from that standpoint. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think we may have lost Tom for a moment. Um, no, I, 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 I thought I thought there was a question coming. Oh. No, I, I'm sorry. I was just making an observation. I was just saying that I, I can I can see where his re- I could see where Trump supporters could say, you know what? I don't think he's necessarily getting a fair shake. That's what I'm all. That's all I'm saying. Well, let I, me I, let me jump in on that. Um, I don't think. I don't think Donald Trump deserves a fair shake, but I'll, but he he deserves the same shake, or 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 Hillary Clinton deserves the same shake for her transgressions that that uh, that Donald Trump does in his. And I will cede the floor to my esteemed colleague. Thank you, Brother um, Henderson. Yours. Let me let me ask. Let me just pose a kind of a, a conundrum here. The, the Trump conservatives claim that the media is rigging the election, right? We start with that, with that premise. And they claim that the, 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 the lamestream media, as, as Sarah Palin once dubbed it, uh, is not giving their candidate his due. What are they doing other than, A, reporting what Donald Trump says, <laughs> and B, much more important than that, Fox News is the largest media outlet in the country, and they have not exactly been fair and balanced when it comes to Secretary Clinton. And yet, all you hear from that side of the fence is how unfair the media is. They are the media. We all are the media. And Breitbart is the media. Has Breitbart been fair and balanced? I don't think so. And so this notion that somehow there's this vast media conspiracy out there to uh, make sure Hillary Clinton gets elected, to me is absolute utter baloney considering the sources that are making that claim. Because they're basically saying, you're writing stories we don't like, so you're against us. And, you know, it's, it's absolute rubbish. It is total nonsense. Thank you. And good day. Good, <laughs> good day, day, sir. Good day. Um, here's here's where my, my friend Joe. Here's where my friend Joe is is <clears throat> somewhat off base, and that is I don't think that there is a complaint. Well, there probably is a complaint about how Donald Trump's transgressions and alleged transgressions are ha, have been covered. Um, the 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 gripe is largely about how the big legacy media, and, and it doesn't matter how large Fox is as a cable network, it still does not command anywhere near the audience that the big three networks plus the 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 uh, the Beltway and uh, Northeast media newspapers command um, and. They have virtually ignored 
story after story after story that has come out uh, in in review of the FBI's investigation, and here I am putting air quotes around investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of that private server. Uh, that uh, any fair reading of the documents that have come out in recent weeks since they handed over all those documents to uh, to Congress would have to conclude that the decision was baked into the cake before they ever started, before they ever looked at the evidence, before they interviewed that first uh, uh, source, before they ever granted that first um, that first bit of uh, of immunity. Uh, James Comey and his top ball, his top directors had made a decision in the FBI that this thing was absolutely not going to result in a referral for an indictment, and that and everything that you and the what people on the right side of the fence are, and I would say the you know when you use the term Trump conservative, I, I wince because they, those those two words. Frankly, do not go together. They are, they are uh, non sequiturs. Donald, yes. Don, Donald, yeah, Donald Trump is a is a big government liberal from from New York City who likes to bend government to his will. And and how Republicans ever nominated him, I will never figure out. Except they did. Um, but the complaint the, the, to go back and, and, and to wrap this up is the complaint is not about how. The legacy media is is obsessed with the weird and awful things Donald Trump is alleged to have done over the years. It's how there is just almost a complete ignoring of what has gone on in in, in Hillary Land um, when she has been in public office and in charge of of, of public authority. Uh, if there were some balance that would say. Yes, Donald Trump is an awful man because he has done these things, but Hillary Clinton is also suspect because she has done these things. She's she she has used authority to her will to 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 coerce her will um and to benefit the Clinton Foundation at the same time is what it looks like. Then I think we would all say, "Fine. That's fine. We know they're both terrible choices. Now what are we going to do? Let's go vote." I think Tom the you know the New York Times and the Washington Post have done it, but I think in uh, – I'll, I'll give you a quick for instance. The Both of them, you know, over the past couple weeks have done some serious work on both candidates. However, if you're looking at the front page of both newspapers, you're likely to see seven stories on Trump and three stories on Clinton. They're all front page stories. They're all um, – they're all um, in-depth pieces, but it's you know the weight of above the fold or in prominent role places. You're going to see more Trump than you're going to see Clinton, but they're still there. That's where I'm saying that I could understand where people would look at it and go, okay, pick up the New York Times or pick up the Washington Post, and mm-hmm. and look at it and go, well, wait, this this is heavy, you know, heavy against Trump, but. Clinton's still on the on the front page, and they're still you know still going in depth. You just have to go from page you know one to page seven, where that you know the rest of it is all is all located. But let, anyway, let me 
let me give you just a a modest hypothetical of yeah. how Hillary Clinton has been covered from the right. Okay. Now let's let's imagine that this were to this was how how the how that group would scream if the following story and I put air quotes around that were to come out. All right, WikiLeaks we we say uh, we can we can all admit has been dumping email after email on Hillary Clinton, right? And they it has been reported. I've re- I've read it. <laughs> and um but has anybody stopped to consider that it's illegal? What they're doing is illegal, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. So, all right. Well, we never hear that. So, what what if somebody on the left were to advance the hypothetical that maybe Trump's in collusion with WikiLeaks uh, on this hacking and and the rollout? No, I've actually no, heard that. Yeah. Well, of course, but there's no evidence to, no, to that no, effect. It's, it's it's just but the Russians, have, the Russians that are helping with right. Julian Assange. But what you would hear in in places like Breitbart and you, all the other places is probably that theory would, if it were advanced by the left, would be denounced as heresy, hypocrisy, whatever, uh, and. But they're doing the same thing to Hillary Clinton in reverse. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they are, they're, you know, uh, we can go all the way back to, to Bill Clinton's first term when, you know, and Vince Foster, you right. know, she, she had him killed. And Donald Trump brought that up. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and the right lapped it up like, yeah, okay. You know, it, there, is, there is no balance there either is what I'm saying. And the, the the extreme right media is wanting everybody else to play by rules that it doesn't play by, and that's that's just wrong. That's just wrong, in my opinion. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. if you say so. Sort of like the sort of like the uh, the the left went crazy when they when the New York Times published illegally um, tax returns from uh, from Donald Trump, right? Um, yeah, that, they were criticized awful, for it. Yeah, lightly, lightly, and they said, "So what? We're doing it anyway." Well, it did help that they actually got the tax preparer to say, "Yeah, that was mine. I did it." That that made a big difference. How does how does that help? It's still illegally obtained. It's still against federal law to publish somebody's tax information without permission from one of the one of the signatories. You telling me? Marla Maples signed off on re- on releasing that return. May have I don't know. I'd have to check. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll look into that. Um, <laughs> Let's do. All right. Well, look, I'll tell you what, guys. We've come pretty much to the end of the uh, of the time, and uh, we haven't resolved a lot, but we have come through with some interesting stuff. Not the least of which we now know where Lee County is. Anyway. Um, Final thoughts today uh, as we get ready to um, head into debate number three, the final. Uh, any thoughts on what might happen on that one, Mr. Jackson? I think that the, we will see, as far as the right is concerned, a far more substantive debate than we have ever seen before. I, I think that 
Chris Wallace is a, is a pretty sharp guy. I think he's a pretty middle-of-the-road guy. And I think that he is a, a get-to-the-nugget of the truth about most anything that that he poses to, to anybody that he's ever interviewed. So I, I think that I, – I mean, I – I think that the that the horse is way out of the corral, and there's no way that Donald Trump is going to be able to make up the deficits that he has dug for himself. But it will be one last great hurrah. And I think it was fascinating that uh, Melania just said, "Donald, be yourself. Be focused, <laughs> calm, and 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 what was it? Energetic. <laughs> well, which is it, Melania? Do you want him to be himself?" Or do you want him to be focused, calm, and energetic? I I, I don't I don't know, uh, but it'll be it'll be good TV no matter what. Yeah, uh, I would agree with uh, my esteemed colleague Mr. Jackson on uh, Chris Wallace's chops. I think uh, I think he's he's going to be just fine. Um, I will respectfully say that I don't think it will be substantive uh, because the um, they. Donald Trump and substance doesn't doesn't go together, and he is he has made it clear with the with the way he's chosen to uh, head to the home stretch in his campaign that he he's not about substance. He's not going to win the argument on substance anyway, and I suspect he knows that. So he's going to go down being Donald. And uh, the, my favorite Melania quote was. Uh, where she says, uh, I have uh, sometimes, I have two boys at home. One of them is my son and one of them is my husband. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, well well said, ma'am. And uh, so I'm looking for more fireworks. I don't think we're going to see as much substance uh, as the voters deserve to see. I think the fun part for some of the right is that uh... – in in the debate too, Donald, you know, landed punches um as he just kinda laid waste to um uh, uh to decorum but got across his point. And I and I really don't see why he would change from that. I think he's gonna it's gonna be a, a rough and, and somewhat uncomfortable night uh viewing it, but he's going to get across what he thinks he needs to get across to his base. And I think that's where he's going to go with it. And, you know, this is his last great shot. And I think that, um, that he's going to go down being Donald. I think that's, he doesn't know how to do it any other way and right, wrong, or otherwise, I think that's the way he's going to do it. One, you know, but it'll be entertaining. It will be must see TV. There's no question about that. All right, guys, one last opportunity to give your social media so that people know how to follow you. And uh, we're only three weeks away from Election Day. Go ahead, Joe. You're you're up first. All right. All right. You can find me on Facebook at Joe Henderson Commentary Columns and Such. Or you can find me on Twitter at J Henderson Tampa, T-A-M-P-A. And uh, love to hear from you. And I will respond. Tom Jackson, welcome back, and you get to give your social media. Hit me up on Facebook at uh, Tom Jackson, journalist entrepreneur, and uh, my handle for Twitter is at Thomas Jacks Tampa, T-H-O-M-A-S-J-A-X Tampa. And like Joe, I'll respond. 
Well done, boys. You can find me at uh, NTFLA underscore politics. That's NTFLA politics. And of course, at our Facebook page for News Talk Florida. You have been listening to the Politically Incorrect podcast with uh, your host, Jim Williams, myself, and of course, Tom Jackson and Joe Henderson. We hope you've enjoyed it, and we will be back with our next installment a little bit later in the week. So enjoy the debate, and uh, we'll come back and tell you what we thought about it. And certainly would love to see via Twitter or Facebook what you think of it. So we'll talk about that next time we get together on this, the Politically Incorrect Podcast. Thanks for being with us. We'll